Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. And a very good Saturday morning to you, 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 and everybody that looks like you. It's Drive Time Radio here on Lim 50 KKNW, New York Vinny, hanging out with you on this, um, well, I guess depending on where you are, gray Saturday morning up here north of uh, Seattle. Uh, I guess if you move south or east, it may clear up a little bit, uh, get a little bit better. Our uh, intrepid weather guy there says that um, there'll be sunshine. In the near future. Yes, I want to see sunshine. By the time the gray burns off, it becomes moonshine. Well, not moonshine, but the moon. Anyway, um, I digress, don't I? And it's hard to digress in the first minute of the show, but uh, sometimes I can do that. This is Drive Time Radio. We talk about cars, about automotive society, about everything that's around cars, about fixing your car, about driving your car, about waxing your car, about washing your car, about sleeping in your car, about shifting your car, about tuning up your car, and about being proud of your car and all of the associated stuff that goes along with it. We do it every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 right here on your flagship station of the Drive Time Radio Network, uh, KKNW in Seattle. You can also get us on podcast on most of your favorite podcast retailers. Anywhere you can uh, download a podcast, I think you can uh, get our little podcast. Just look for Drive Time with New York Vinny, and you'll find it in your uh, podcast index right there next to the uh, widely popular podcast. We try to stay away from politics in the show and talk about uh, America's love affair with our automobiles and how that uh, ebbs and flows uh, from time to time, depending on many factors, including the price of gasoline, the type of car that you drive, um, which I think the price of gasoline really is, is the lifeblood of the love affair with cars when gasoline is down when the price of gasoline is you know under three dollars a gallon 250 a gallon i think more people say well what the heck if i go out and buy a car to fool around with why not what the heck gas is cheap but when it goes up and hits that you know that gets into that four dollar a gallon range which we tend to see at times. We haven't seen it uh, lately, but it, it, it'll be back. Don't you worry. Uh, if you miss it, it'll certainly be back. Uh, we get a little bit more conservative. Then all of a sudden we want to buy, um, you know, uh, uh, hybrids and electrics and cars that, uh, that get uh, 50 miles a gallon and so on and so forth. So I think the price of gasoline, in my opinion, uh, does say a lot about our love affair with cars. You have a, a perfect storm this year, this summer, of uh, low gasoline prices and people who just don't want to get into crowds. People who say, you know what, I am not going to get in an airplane with a hundred other people that I don't know and, and aren't tested, and then they're going to stick somebody coughing and wheezing in the middle seat. Just not happening for people. So what are people going to do? Well, with the price of gasoline the way it is, most people are going to get in their cars and do a car vacation, which I, I love. I've been doing that for years. I love driving you know, all different places. One of the things I loved about living back east for a while, back, again, was the fact that you could, <clears throat> excuse me, that you could drive so many places. There were umpteen, uh, just incredible museums and attractions and things, uh, you know, within 100 miles, 200 miles of where I was living in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it is Gettysburg, the battlefield there, which was, you know, if, if you've never been there, it's something that I think everybody ought to go see, to go stand there where Lincoln gave his uh, Gettysburg Address and to stand on that battlefield and to take... Uh, one of the cool things was the, the ghost tour that they have in Gettysburg where 
uh, these people, you know, there are places that people feel are haunted there, still carry the spirits of uh, American servicemen who died at Gettysburg. And certainly there are people who uh, make good coin every year taking people on tours of that stuff. And it's one of the more fascinating and interesting tours that I did when I was back there was to go to Gettysburg. And it's one of those places, Gettysburg, where you feel that something happened. You ever go to a place, um, either an attraction or even just a house or something like that, and you're standing there and you feel in your bones, in your in your in your body that something happened there. I mean, maybe you can't put your finger on it. Maybe you don't know that some, uh, what exactly happened there. But I find that with, uh, with Gettysburg, I find that um, when I go to the uh, 9-11 Memorial, either in Shanksville or in New York City, I have not been to the Pentagon uh, 9-11 Memorial. But... Certainly, when you're standing uh, at um, at the World Trade Center in New York and at Shanksville in Pennsylvania, where the uh, plane went down and the field was forced down in the field uh, by that uh, those heroes on that uh, on that airliner, you definitely feel something. Um, I also felt that when I went to to, to a little Bighorn. Where, where Custer uh, met his demise. That there's just, that there are certain places, I guess maybe it's because a lot of people leave the earth, or their spirits leave the earth from that spot, that you, you, you feel it. It's there, it's a presence. Even if you don't um, know what happened there. Uh, you still get that that feeling. So um, I, I think that a lot of people this year, matter of fact, I know that a lot of people this year are getting in their cars or they're renting RVs or they're, you know, heading out on the road. So we will devote some of our time today and in, in future shows uh, to talk about going out on the road and uh, using your car uh, for a vacation. I know that uh, we talked about this last week with uh, the, the gentleman from the RV Museum that people are, are are getting into RVs because it allows you to control your environment. I went on the road last week, stayed in a, um, a riverside type of uh, establishment down in Oregon right next to the river, and I got to tell you, I was a little nervous about it because I wasn't in complete control of my environment. I think I would have felt a lot better if, um, and you know, it's funny, I, I had this, um, I don't know if you looked online, you saw the pictures on Facebook or on Twitter, I had this uh, Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, this 10-passenger Sprinter. That's, uh, you know, the big Amazon-type truck that you see roaming around the neighborhoods. Only this one had seats in it. And uh, I slept in it one night, extremely comfortable. Um, With the air conditioning on, it was really comfortable. You know, I left the air conditioning on at night so I would remain cool and be able to control a little bit more of my environment. And it was a great car camping vehicle. Highly recommended. We'll review it later in the show and tell you a little bit more about that trip. Also coming up in the show today, we will uh, talk to our good friend Scotty Reese from uh, She Knows Cars. Uh, she's also um, in a run of Mercedes-Benz right now, so we'll do uh, what we like to call He Said, She Said on a on a, a Mercedes Benz, the GLC um, model that I am driving this week, which is their kind of personal SUV. Uh, that is a fantastic piece of machinery. 
and we will look at it from Scotty's perspective, and we'll look at it from my perspective. Well, also some other news that's going on in cars. We always love to uh, spend time every few weeks with Scotty just to um, get her thoughts and her views on uh, on the female perspective on cars. You know, this is a you know obviously I'm a guy and. I give you the you know the male perspective, and then we talk to Scotty, and we get the female perspective. We we'll also have our cartoon of the week. We will tell you about um, the new King of America's bathrooms. That's right. Uh, the, you know, I've, I've talked about this at times before, but we'll get back into it because I got a chance to head into America's bathroom, and we'll give you a report card on how. They are doing, and we will review that Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Talk a little bit about uh, Kia's new ride that they are coming out with. Also, the Ford Bronco is going to make its debut. And um, a few other odds and ends in the automotive world that we'd like to get to. we got all of that coming up for you on this morning's edition of Drive Time. If you'd like to follow us, you go on Facebook. And find us at Drive Time Radio and TV. You can find me on Twitter at NYVINNIE. Uh, you can also email me anytime you'd like with any questions at uh, Vinnie, V-I-N-N-I-E, at drivetime-radio.com. And that's uh, one way you can get in. You can email me during the show. I check my emails if you have a question or you want to know something during the show. Uh, We're always checking those emails to make sure that uh, we catch your questions. All right, we'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. Scotty Reese will join us from uh, A Girl's Guide to Cars, and we'll uh, we'll talk to her about uh, the Mercedes-Benz that she's driving, the one that I'm driving, and there's some more vehicles. The women's perspective next here on Drive Time Radio on 1150 KKNW. The way people have reacted to that new style. More than a new silhouette, it's... The new shape of motion. New shape of motion in all five cars of the forward look. Completely new. The 1957 Plymouth. Compare the fins. Those fins. They're the keynote of our styling leadership. Styling that others are trying to follow. Compare the new Lotus. Remember, the entire body is new, as much as five inches lower. Twin light styling, really new front grills. The 1957 Dodge. The new Dodge. That's right. Everybody does a double take when they see this new shape of motion. Completely new styling. 93 models, 417 color combinations to choose from. The 1957 DeSoto. Again, styling leadership, plus completely new performance. New torsion air ride is a completely new idea in suspension systems. 1957 Chrysler. With a completely new transmission, the new push-button torque flight transmission. Smoother, swifter acceleration for greater control in every driving range. New power, too. New V8s with greater all-around performance. And here's the proudest expression of the forward look. This year, introducing an Imperial Converter. Imperial is the finest automobile. No matter what price range or model you're interested in, find the styling leader, the best value, among the 93 models of the Forward Look, the newest new cars in 20 years, the 1957 Plymouth. Dodge. DeSoto. Chrysler. 
Organic, free-range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. Thank you so much for listening to our show. And we get a chance now to welcome in one of my favorite guests. We've had her on the show before. We'll have her on in the future. And uh, just enjoy spending time talking to Scotty Reese from A Girl's Guide to Cars about cars, about life, about anything. She's an eminently talkable to person, and that's why I like having her on the show. Good morning, Scotty. How are you? Good morning, Vinny. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's a crazy world we live in, as we've talked about before. Now, I know you're down in Texas. How is uh, How are things with you and, and, and where you're living? Well, you know, Texas is having a tough moment right now. Um, I'm head down doing my job, not mixing with people too much, wearing a mask when I go out, um, trying to be safe and keep people safe. Um, and that's mostly what I see, you know, it's, um, Texas is one of the places where we were known for thinking we didn't need to be that safe or that we were going to be fine. And now we're finding out that we're not, (laughs) there's nothing special um, we're just as susceptible to all of this as everyone else. So, um, so mostly I see people doing the right thing, which is great. And uh, so we're, you know, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We're a great country, and Texas is a great state, and um, America is a great place. So we'll get through it. But uh, it's tough right now. It's tough all over. Well, my continued prayers for you and, and, and you know, everybody who is affected either directly or not, uh, you know, peripherally by this uh, th- this virus is just, uh, you're right. I mean, just because you're from Texas or New York or California or wherever, it knows no, um, no boundaries of political party or uh, age or anything like that. It just uh, it, it it's you just have to take the precautions and uh, yeah, better better late than never, right? Right. Well, the only thing I will say is that uh, we continue to in my part of the world, our automotive content, um, the the role of auto, of cars. And I know this is something you've been talking about. We'll talk more about this, but the role of the automobile in the American family right now has taken an unprecedented, unprecedentedly important role, <laughs> important place in our families. And you see the lines of people uh, in their cars waiting to be tested for COVID. You see them going to drive-in theaters. We ran a story about that this week. You see them going to drive-in concerts. Um, you see people in their cars waiting for curbside pickup of groceries or restaurant uh, meals. Um, you see people shunning flights in lieu of travel by car to find, you know, get away from it all. And it's been a very stressful time. So we all need that. Um, so the role of the car has become very important. And we have focused at a Girl's Guide to Cars. We have focused on increasing the amount of content that we're producing, telling more stories and being even more of a guide to people who are looking for either a car purchase um, that are, you know, car purchasing is being, is surprisingly resilient. It's not up, but it is not dropped off a cliff like other uh, consumer sectors have. And people are shopping for cars. So we're, we're there trying to keep the, the lights on in this part of the world and doing our job and, and trying to keep our economy from, tanking so that's where we are these days is uh you know while the rest of the world is focused on trying to solve the the covid problem we're trying to do what we can to be healthy in terms of helping the car, the automotive economy stay stay healthy so i i think there's um i think there's a certain uh cocoonism if you will uh, about cars i mean i think that people when they get in their car uh, and roll up the windows and put the air conditioner on or the air filtration system, uh, that they feel that there's a certain safety about that, uh, that yeah. there's a certain, uh, you know, you get in your car and you are somewhat protected from 
the world. You put those windows up, and even though they're easily smashable, I guess, as we've seen um, in, in crimes that have happened, there's still something about being inside of the vehicle that um, that makes you feel, it gives you a feeling of, of safety, that gives you a feeling of that, that the things outside, psychologically, the things outside can't bother you, they can't get to you. And I think that, that that plays into this because people really feel like, uh, and we were talking about it last week with um, the head of the RV museum, is when you go on vacation in your car or in an RV or in a, um, a, a van or something like that, you can control your environment. You have control. You can wipe it down. You can clean it. You can... Uh, keep your kids, uh, you know, with you in the back seat of that car, and uh, you can entertain them uh, with, um, you know, video or sound or whatever you you choose to do. Um, there's there's just a certain uh, safety factor uh, that that goes into that's an extension of your house in in, in many is. ways. It's and uh, it right now. Space. Yeah, right now people need that. They need that that psychological kind of of, of grab that I can I can feel uh, confident and comfortable that when I get in my car, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's important, and it also lets us go places where we're safe. So you know, getting from you know take, going to the park to walk your dog or let your kids run around. Um, I know a lot of schools are closed right now, so a lot of those school uh, soccer fields and things like that are getting a lot of little little people running off their energy. Um, they're, you know, whether it's um, heading out to a national park or a local park where you can let your dog run, um, heading out to the lake where maybe you have a boat or just, you know, taking your kayak out on the water. All of those things, um, our cars allow us to do that. And I think we're we're finding the, the preciousness of this personal, safe personal freedom is something that is not achievable with rideshare. It's not achievable with mass transit. And as much as we love to be in some place like New York City, where everything is at your fingertips, um, just you know, laid out right in front of you, wherever you want to go, where, whatever you want to do, it's right there for you. Um, the close proximity of other people and getting around on mass transit, um, it, it, it's not, it doesn't make you feel safe. Even though it may be safe, it does not make you feel safe. So, the, right. um, you know, we, we had been moving in this direction of people predicting the demise of the personal car or the personal vehicle. And now we're seeing that that is not a plausible thing at all. We're going to have to learn to accommodate cars in our um, in our communities from here on out, because this is not the last disease that's going to threaten the um, threaten people on such a at such a wholesale level. Um, there will be more. And I think also, um, you know, we had been talking about for years now in the automotive business, car sharing, uh, you know, these types of subscription services, and I think that those are going to go by the wayside uh, as well because, to be honest with you, how many people are going to want to get into a car uh, unless it's been totally disinfected? I know the people that the car rentals are down, not just because people don't want to get in a car that's infected or might be infected because travel is down, but people really are conscious now. You're going to have to show people that that car that somebody else drove uh, last week or yesterday has been sanitized and cleaned and, and up to a, a certain level that instills confidence in somebody to get in that car and put their family in that car. You know, it's interesting that you say that um, because I think the, the car subscription model hasn't worked because it's been very expensive. And even though it does incorporate insurance and things like that, I think um, it's come out at the premium level. You know, Cadillac did it. Volvo still has one. Um, there are some premium uh, car dealerships that have subscription services. But, you know, when you're talking $2,000, $2,500 a month, um, I think most people are pretty happy to pick one car and drive it for three or four years and then decide whether or not they want to keep driving it or, or trade it in for something else. 
I, I think most people don't feel like they need to drive, you know, a sports car one week and an SUV the next. Um, it, you know, and it, the, the, that's just not that many people. So I think um, that's why that hasn't worked. But one thing that I do see that I think might be a really good option for the future is the car that is um, a part of the overall lifestyle package. So if you're, um, say you're renting a, a place in college and, you, you know, they were selling these zip car ideas for college students to use when they're, uh, they need a car for a few hours. Um, but if you think about it, if you've got a house with four roommates or six roommates or something like that, and a car that's, um, avail- that's a part of that package that's available to anyone in that house to drive, you think about it like your family vehicle. So your teen daughter drives it, your husband drives it, um, your brother-in-law drives it, and, and that's fine with you because you know them, you live with them. But um, to you know, just trade it off with a total stranger, not making me feel so comfortable, <laughs> but yeah. to share it with a close group of people who I do know, um, that makes me feel more comfortable. So I wouldn't be surprised if when it comes to reducing the number of vehicles per person in the world, if that's not really where the model would go is to that kind of that bubble idea of who, who do you bubble with? You know, who's in your close sphere of contact? And then you could share, you know, how, how do you efficiently share cars between those people? It's, but, a, great, it's a great line, Scotty. Hey, hey babe, you want to bubble with me? <laughs> I, know, I right, like that. Right? I'm, I'm going to have to try that yeah. sometime. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, baby, be careful there, you want to bubble with me? <laughs> oh, man. Scotty Reese is with us from A Girl's Guide to Cars here on 1150 KKNW Drive Time Radio. Um, we, you and I, have, have um, I don't know what you would call it, I guess, meshed our, our menu of cars that we drive. We have met at Mercedes-Benz. It seems like you and I have both driven... Uh, uh, a similar, not the exact same car, but similar cars. And one of the reasons I mm-hmm. wanted to have you on is I always love to get different perspectives on cars. You have been in the uh, GLC 43, uh, which is mm-hmm. Mercedes' little, um, uh, not not little by any means, but they're, I call it a personal SUV. I know that uh, BMW calls their X6 competition uh, 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 a um, was an activity utility vehicle or something like that, sports activity <laughs> yeah. vehicle. Um, yeah. Well, this is a uh, – I'm driving a 63 AMG S, which is a monster version of that same vehicle with, uh, you know, 500 and change horsepower and big wheels and everything. Um, let, let's start with the practicality of this car. Um, I, I don't. I think it's one of the most impractical cars I've ever driven. But if I had the money, I'd go out and buy one in a minute. So you're in the GLC 63 this week. Yeah. So the G. So just to. Uh, it took me a while to learn this, by the way. So because the way that Mercedes um, customizes almost every model that they build, um, you really have to become. I think it's a certificate course that you have to take on how they name their cars but they um the gl the the g g's are all the suvs because it's um the uh, uh that's the designation for suv so anything that starts with a g has a, the underpinnings of an suv even though like the glc that i had last week was a coupe because it looks like a four-door sedan or four-door coupe on steroids to me right right it's, it's you know, a, it's I used to call it the jolanda wagon right Yes, yes, exactly. And then uh, then there's the big G-Wagon, yeah, the one that, you know, all the rock stars drive. But anything with a G is an SUV, and then the numbers sig- uh, signify the engine size, essentially. And the AMGs have a two-digit number, and the four- and six-cylinders, just their standard engine, not the AMG, uh, have a three-digit number. So um, the, the, C, the C line is something that is really close to my heart because then there's the CLA, so there's the CLA sedan, and then the GLC SUV, which um, it's kind of funny because it's what they call the starter Mercedes. So the GLC sedan starts at like $36,000. When they first came out with it a few years ago, it was under $30,000. I think it was probably four years ago. 
and it's, it was twenty nine 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 was the price, at, and then the GLC um, took that up a two thousand dollars or something like that. It's still now the opening price I think of the GLC three hundred, which is a four cylinder turbo engine with two hundred fifty five horsepower. The price of that is thirty six thousand dollars. So then you and that's you know that's a whatever standard equipment comes with that. So but if you wanted the Mercedes life and not want to pay a fortune, it's available. And that's why it's something that's um, that is close to my heart because I love luxury products for the longevity of the design, the longevity of the the in- integrity of the product, and how long it lasts. And um, these are these are SUVs that will go many hundreds of thousands of miles on the road, um, and you'll have a good life in them. And they don't need to be hugely expensive. But when you get into the AMG range, the engines are hand built in Germany, and they're um, you know, you're, uh, the one that I'm in this week is 600 horsepower. I'm in the, the GLE S edition 63. So the AMG 63, is, and that's, I think, about 600 horsepower. So it's crazy fast and powerful, but, man, you feel like you're sitting on top of the world in that car. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so but, for $130,000, you better feel pretty good, but it does uh, feel really good. But I'm interested to find out there's a certain guttural kind of testosterone thing that happens when I get in that car. I mean, I got to rev the engine. And, you know, the exhaust note is beautiful, especially, especially if you push that little button on the console and you uh, put it into that sport mode and you hit the gas and you listen to the way that exhaust note. I mean, it's seductive. It's, it, it has the sexy growl to it, and it kind of gets, uh, even as an older guy, your juice is flowing. You know, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to go out, and people are going to look at me in this thing, and it's sexy, and I'm driving the car I'm driving is red. So, I mean, you know, I pull up to the Dick's drive-in in this thing, and the kids with their um, hopped-up Honda Civics and everything are oohing and on. Is, yeah. is, is there a... Um, a counterpart feeling for that with women? I mean, do women feel like that when they get in that car and drive it? Or sure. is it a whole different kind of mindset? Everybody loves muscle. <laughs> Everybody loves muscle. <laughs> so the funny thing is, um, so when I was in the, the GLC 43, it had the AMG performance package on it. So in addition to the AMG engine, you can also get a performance package that gives you you know, track rating uh, uh, information. You can monitor your, your performance if you're driving it on a track. And it has dynamic exhaust mode. So there's a little button with like, the icon of exhaust pipes. And you push that, and it's even more guttural. It's even throatier and, um, and louder. And so I think for most women... Driving around a car that's that loud is not really comfortable because it's very conspicuous. It very much is, oh, look at me, look at me. Um, So with men, I think feel more comfortable with it because it's just fun and they just are having fun. And I think we recognize that. But for women, it feels a little conspicuous. So uh, there are certain cars that do have that um, ability to – it's very quiet. And then you put it in sport mode, and it's very throaty. The BMW uh, M235i was like that. It was, like, not so loud. And then you put it in sport mode, and it was much louder. And I appreciate that. I feel I did feel like the, the AMGs tend to be loud and louder. So um, I'm not sure that the, the engine noise of the – I'm not sure that – and I don't know if that's really a function of the track package – or if it's um, really just the AMG. But um, I do, you know, I do, I would say there's a, a GLC 350E, which is a plug-in, and it has 315 horsepower. And so in that size of an SUV, 315 horsepower is really nice. And it's a plug-in, so it's going to be quiet. And if you were, if you wanted to buy this car with all of the, luxury and all the details that Mercedes packs in there, the 350E is actually a really great option if you don't want the throaty, gurgly, 
engine sound. Um, and you'll still feel the velocity. When you hit the accelerator, merging on the highway, you'll still feel that thrill. That doesn't go away. That is actually it's very fast. That actually has much more torque than the counterpart um, non-plug-in because electric cars have more torque or more, you know, right. zip. Um, and so I think it's got like 200 uh, pound-feet of torque more than the, or 150, something like that, more than the uh, gas engine. So you will still feel the thrill. You're just not going to hear the thrill <laughs> in there. See, and, and, and for me, and I think for guys, uh, you know, I, I think, it, you know, men in general, and of, of course we're generalizing here. We're not, you know, everybody's different. Uh, people are different. But there's a certain um, um, thing that that sound that that you know uh, brings it it it, um, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. You know, mm-hmm. it, it makes you feel like you're getting you're getting your money's worth. I think that's why they actually put uh, you know in some of these cars uh, you know almost a, a a recorded sound of a of an exhaust note. They change the exhaust note so it becomes that uh, Mario Andretti type of sound. Uh, that you love when you're a kid, uh, when you sit there, you know, n- n- no little boy uh, gets his little model car and goes, eh. but many little boys <laughs> get that little model car and go, <laughs> you know, like that. It's like a, like a motorboat sound. So it's interesting yeah. that, um, you know, and, I, and I've wondered, I said, boy, a kid's going to grow up with that kind of uh, exhaust, that thrush muffler, that uh, flow master sound, uh, that we as uh, as older people, you know, grew up with that, you know, the louder your car was, um, the more chance you had of getting a ticket, uh, but also the more the girls kind of looked at you when you were coming down the corner, or even, uh, you know, even that, that whole um, sense of the car sounded faster than it drove you know i think there was a we all remember the first time we got into a car and started it and or sat in someone's car and they started it and with you know i'm thinking of like the old school camaros and mustangs and they would have that um that you know you you could feel the um the motion of the car, the anxiousness of the engine before it was even put into gear. And you would hear the, 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 the motor um, throaty like that, and then you put it into gear, and then it would really do its thing. And I think we associate that oral memory with the feeling that we had of being a teenager, of that first thrill of driving a car like that or being a passenger in a car like that. I mean, I remember the first time I was a passenger in a Porsche, and I will never forget that for the rest of my life. Um, and it was it was just such a thrill. I remember my the first time I was in a Corvette and what a thrill that was. So yeah. I think when we hear these these new cars and they have the sound, um, I think that it brings back that feeling of being a teenager and or that first moment. I shouldn't say being a teenager, but that first moment, that first thrill. And, you know, there, there are certain senses that we have, you know, sense of smell. You walk into some place that smells like your grandmother's house, and some people might think it's really, that's a really gross smell, but to you it might be, you know, that emerald perfume and baking bread or something like that. And you're Aunt like, Millie's oh, sauce, God, man. Aunt again. Millie's gravy on Sunday. I'll never forget that smell there as long go. as I live, walking at our house in right. New Jersey. And you, you could smell it all the way down the block in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And, I mean, if you've yeah. ever been to New Jersey, you know it's got to be something good if it cuts through all of the chemical smells. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> so true. Hey. But I think that's where that's where that comes from. And these manufacturers, the engineers recognize that, and they know who their customer is, and they know who's going to buy a car that gives, gives the customer that experience. And those who don't want it don't have to have it. And, t- we're, you know, we're going to be in a new era pretty soon with a lot of these younger buyers who are going to who are buying Teslas, who are going to buy Mach-E's, who are going to buy, you know, the next electric. Um, 25% of BMW's fleet is going to be electric within a few years. Uh, 25% of Toyota's fleet will be electric or hybrid within a few years. And those are silent. You're not going to get the uh, the engine 
the, the gurgle of the throttle from those cars. You're just it's not something that although they're toying with the idea of adding that as a, as you said as a recorded sound. Right. Um, right. But <laughs> but then it does Well, you got to have you something. Know I know the like I the drove the um what was it that I drove? I think it was the uh, boy. I'm, I'm going to say the uh, well, the Bolt I know has like a um, a low end whine to it at certain speeds, so that you can hear it coming. Mm-hmm. So right. it's, uh, you know, but it's not. Uh, yeah. I, I'd love them to record a ZL1, you know, uh, um, uh, V8 engine and put that recording in, so you can hear it coming. So you'd, you'd be looking <laughs> around for Camaro. And, here comes this little bolt up the street. Hey, hey Scotty, we're, we're short on time, so I got to run. It is so good to talk to you. What 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 really cool car did you drive quickly um, uh, so far this year? What was the coolest car you drove so far this year? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would say I love them all. Um, I ha- I love the changes to the new Alfa Romeo, Alfa Romeo Stelvio. They did some really great changes to that. Um, such a great car. I think it doesn't get the credit it deserves for for being the cool car that it is. Um, but, you know, a month of Mercedes, I mean, how can you beat that? Yeah, that's yeah, really, I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad. You know, it's been a while since I drove one. And um, now, I'm, uh, you know, I've been in a run of them. Although I got to tell you, Scotty, if you want to have some fun, ask him to send you a Sprinter. Uh, I don't think okay. I've driven anything I thought was cooler than that, uh, than that Mercedes Sprinter I took on the road last week. I'll have to fight my editor for that because she's got it in a couple of weeks, and uh, she's so excited. <laughs> get get it. You'll love it. Scotty, it's good yeah. to talk to you. If, you. if you want more of Scotty, A Girl's Guide to Cars is where you go on the Internet. Uh, good to talk to you, Scotty. Stay nice safe, and here, I hope you and the family are doing okay and staying safe. Take care, my friend. Thank you. You too. All right, Scotty Reese joining us as we talk cars with her. Uh, listen, we're running a little late, so why don't we do this? Why don't we go right to our cartoon of the week? I uh, was uh, scooting around looking for a, a road song, something that uh, that talked about getting out on the road and doing the things that you like to do in the summer. And I know when I go on the road, I don't. I like to get off the interstate and hit the back roads. And I found a song by a country artist, Granger Smith, called Back Road Song. What do you say we give you that right now on our Cartoon of the Week here on Drive Time Radio? There you go, our Cartoon of the Week. We always like to uh, play a little song for you about cars every week. Granger Smith is the name of the artist. Back Road Song is uh, the cut. Uh, it was uh, popular for him back uh, in uh, the 2010s. And... Um, um, a song that really, I mean, you could tell this guy, you know, has uh, driven up and down a few back roads in his life. And I would suggest that for you if you're going to get out on the road this summer and, uh, you know, take your family or just get on the road and go on a trip by yourself. You know, I do that. People do that. They drive uh, cross country, go see some tourist attractions, whatever it is. Uh, if you get out there, don't just get on the interstate and stop at every, uh, you know, uh, mcdonald's and all of that kind of stuff get off the the interstate get out on some of the back roads uh and and see america go out and see this country because for all of the uh stuff we encounter on facebook and twitter and everything else there's a lot of beauty out there there's a lot of great people to talk to out there wear a mask when you're talking to them and uh there's a lot of beautiful beautiful country to see this is a great place that we're blessed to live in uh, even with its blemishes and its faults, uh, you know, aesthetically, scenically, it's uh, an awesome place to look at, uh, to spend time in, to talk to people, to uh, eat outside of a, of a diner or a coffee shop or a, a bar that serves up breakfast in South Dakota uh, uh, or so on and so forth, and plenty of places to go where you can socially distance um, very nicely from other people if that's uh, what you are uh, going to do. Don't fly over, drive through it, I always say. All right, uh, time now for our uh, drive time radio road test. 
The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, nothing ugly about uh, this week's uh, Drive Time Radio Road Test. I talked about it a little bit last week, and we'll continue to talk about it. The 2020 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Now, if you're wondering what a Sprinter is, it is one of those... uh, you probably are most familiar with them from seeing them ride around the streets with an Amazon emblem on them. They're those blue trucks that Amazon, many of them are. I mean, they've also bought uh, Ford Transit vans and uh, uh, there's another uh, uh, brand I think I saw. But for a lot of them are Mercedes Sprinters. They're that big, large, tall, boxy truck that... Um, You've seen in Europe for years, and over the past 10 years, they've been imported into the United States and um, are just, um, boy, it's one of those vehicles that I don't know if everyone should own one because uh, it's a, you know, it's not a practical vehicle for everybody, but if you are in the market, if you have a big family, if you like to go camping, If you get out uh, into the country, if you are a garage sale person or, uh, you know, you like to chase down antiques and things like that, or maybe you have a part-time thing where you haul stuff or deliver packages, uh, I don't think you can do better uh, than the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. From the minute they delivered this thing to my driveway out here, uh, I was enamored with it. It is, first of all, it's tall. It's, you know, the one that they brought me had the uh, expanded roof, the air conditioner on top. So one of the great things I immediately noticed about this vehicle is that it was going to keep me out of the drive throughs uh, Most drive throughs are 9 feet. This thing was 10 feet and something tall. So you can't go through them. You either got to get out and go in and get your food, or you have to go to a place that has better food than a drive through So right there... Uh, advantage Vinny on uh, spending a week not going into many uh, drive-throughs. On uh, the uh, as far as the interior, uh, this uh, passenger van has three rows of seats. Um, all of them are comfortable. It uh, you go, uh, you know, three, three, and four, uh, so you can. Um, uh, fit 10 people in there plus a passenger seat. Uh, the seats are Mercedes Benz comfortable bench seats. Uh, they come out if you want to. Now, they don't fall flat. That would be too much to ask, but they do come out of the vehicle. Uh, but they have plenty of leg room, lights overhead, a rear air conditioner. It's like you're driving in an airport van, really, except that it's um, this thing is tuned suspension wise. Uh, to be comfortable. It soaks up the road nicely. Uh, They handle fairly well, unless there's a wind. That's when you feel it, because it does move side to side a little bit. Uh, But they do have all kinds of uh, uh, USB ports and uh, different um, things in there that are designed for the comfort of the passengers. So if you're toting around a big family, uh, you're taking a soccer... uh, you know, soccer team around or something like that. There's enough room to put some space between um, everybody and a comfortable ride. From the dashboard and the steering wheel, it is uh, 100% luxury Mercedes-Benz. Has the big screen in the middle and a Mercedes-Benz uh, M-Bucks system. Uh, the navigation system, an internet hotspot, and all of the things you would need uh, to stay connected to the world in this thing. Uh, the nav system in these Mercedes-Benz products uh, are excellent. It has a, a logical keyboard that gets you, uh, you know, you type it in and it gets you where you want to go. Uh, very simple. Uh, the system is intuitive. Uh, you can put two phones in it side by side. So that you can, uh, the, uh, the Mercedes-Benz will take either your phone or your companion's phone and read off of that. You can get uh, the music or the tunes or whatever you need off of it. Driving dynamics in this thing are surprisingly agile. 
and surprisingly athletic for a vehicle of this size. Mercedes-Benz has put a lot of engineering into this. It's a four-cylinder gas engine in the model I drove, but they are available with diesel uh, and uh, different uh, engines and so on and so forth. That's the one thing about this car, uh, this, this truck, is that you can customize it uh, to what you need, anything from you know, a $35,000 cargo van right on up to uh, a couple of hundred thousand dollar um, get-off-the-road motorhome. You know, tiny house. It's big enough to do both in it. And there are conversions that I've seen of it that are absolutely spectacular. But the the four-cylinder that I drove, that little turbo four-cylinder, was excellent. It moved it along at, you know, uh, 75, 80 miles an hour, uh, the um, 188 horsepower, 9-speed automatic, moved it along quite well. It has that same column shifter on it. The diesel models come with a 7-speed, and these also, uh, you can get four-wheel drive in them. Um, I think Ford is the only other manufacturer that offers a four-wheel drive in this uh, class, and the uh, torque is good on it. It it gets onto the freeway and uh, with with a bunch of people in it. Uh, I also took it through some uh, Southern Oregon mountain roads where the handling had to be good. They were basically one-lane roads with a drop off the side, and I, I am here to tell you. Uh, that this thing handled nicely, the tires were sufficient, it held the road nicely. Uh, the only time I felt any kind of strangeness with it was on the freeway when a crosswind would come. It, you know, you'd have to hold on to the steering wheel. You got to make sure that you're, uh, you know, that you're that you're actively steering this thing because uh, the crosswinds can take it a little bit, and uh, you know, just like they can any taller uh, vehicle that you drive, but again, none, nothing more uh, than you would see. Uh, the four-cylinder engine, the 2020 um, uh, Mercedes Sprinter, uh, was the 2.0 liter, and uh, in the real-world economy, I don't know, we're talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about probably about 17, 18 miles per gallon. But the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, if you're in the market for something big, something gaudy, that people are going to talk about and has the Mercedes name on it. It doesn't say AMG. Uh, the Mercedes Sprinter at uh, $44,000 that I drove is just the answer. It's a lot of fun if you like to sit up high and wave at track-to-trailer truck drivers. All right, that is going to put it in the books for another edition of Drive Time. We thank you so very much for listening to the show. We'll join you next Saturday morning if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise right here on Drive Time Radio.